0: My dad was a, he is, he's still around, he's a medical doctor, the last 30 years, a professor, a postgraduate, surgeon, and today he's fighting for his life in Venezuela. He has been fighting for his life for two days. He's, the problem is that there's no money.
1: Guillermo da Costa Ferrer moved to Toronto from Caracas, Venezuela in 1998. He moved here thinking he would eventually go back. But Venezuela's political and social conflict made him stay. Today, his father is one among the thousands of Venezuelans who cannot find more than 90% of basic medicines.
0: Hello.
1: Hola. Hola. Como help me
0: take these chairs. Um, sure. To where is this? No, sit.
1: What is she technically doing here?
0: She's a journalist and she's interviewing. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, I'm famous. <laughs> Caracas is a noisy place. Uh, even the animals are noisy like even the dogs like whether it's loud music or firecrackers or dogs barking or crickets or little frogs if you go up the mountain avila which is on that picture there if you go you can you can do a hike to the top it takes about eight hours to the highest point and and it can be pretty quiet there but you can still hear a lot of the wind.
1: <laughs> Guillermo's face quickly lights up when he talks about his home country, its people, uh, and its nature.
0: And to nature. And, and yeah, so that view of, of the massiveness of the Amazon, uh, I would say, is one of my, my favorite sites.
1: Guillermo says Venezuela has some of the most beautiful scenery on the planet, even one of the seven wonders of the world. But today, What we mostly hear are the horrific realities its people face every day. Turn
0: now to the tense situation in Venezuela.
1: (laughs) As of 2016, its Congress officially declared a humanitarian health crisis. Venezuela was the world's fourth richest economy in the 50s. But today, it ranks lowest on safety, access to basic utilities, and healthcare.
0: My father is is a surgeon and has been for over 40 years now. He had to get his kidney removed and was in the hospital uh, in serious condition. Um,
1: Guillermo's dad needed a specific medication that was nowhere to be found. Hustling to find things like food and medication in Venezuela has become a job. A lot of it is done through social media.
0: And the people in Venezuela already have WhatsApp groups dedicated specifically to finding uh, medications nationally yeah. and internationally and they also have Venezuelan people that have migrated to countries such as Panama the United States Spain Colombia uh, that have what they call friendly pharmacies that um, offer uh, services to Venezuelan people and are willing to mail and and have um, ways that you can pay them in foreign currency or otherwise, like they, they sort of have managed. So it has become sort of an international uh, trade of, of uh, medications, you know.
1: Through these networks and, and friends of friends, Guillermo and his siblings did what they could to find the medication their dad hard needed hard. on time.
0: My sister, of course, she has mental health issues, so <laughs> it's, she takes a lot of medications and a lot of them cannot found so I think one of my sisters is bringing them from uh, Colombia or Spain I I just think that she happened to be traveling and through someone that's that happened to be going to Venezuela will be delivering uh, those those medications to me Venezuela the way I left it does not exist anymore nothing that I left behind is the same anymore even the name of the country is not the flag is not I mean, it it was just, it's like a different place. With the hardships, people have become different. Their personalities, uh, uh, in certain ways, I see they're negative, you know, and they didn't used to be like that.
1: My name is Rebecca Sarfati. Um, I'm a community leader. Last month, Rebecca Sarfati and her activist community group held a small charity concert in downtown Toronto. They partnered with the UNHCR to raise funds for Venezuelan refugees and those struggling back home. I feel when you have a a good cause to follow, um, good people will follow you. Rebecca says that as soon as she arrived in Canada, she began to look for others that wanted to follow her dream to help Venezuela. I just came across some musicians and some dancers told them, you know what, let's get together and do something for a country. Any of us can be a refugee. We don't look in a particular way. We can be professionals, we can be actors, musicians, whatever. We can become successful in any country we are as a refugee, later as a resident of that country. Guillermo was one of the musicians at the charity event. He and his band play Venezuelan music. He said that he wanted to showcase the sweet and humane side of Venezuela and the community.
0: A couple of the members that sang there are medical doctors, and because they do not speak the language, English, or they don't speak English, and they can't practice medicine, they have had to find other ways to make a living, like playing music, or even worse, some of them are depending on their children to to be able to, to, to survive, to sustain themselves.
2: My idea was just maybe uh, I find a living there, find a good job. I ha-
1: this is Sergio Suarez. He is a 29-year-old Venezuelan who moved to Toronto in 2012. Sergio already had jobs lined up after graduating from university in Venezuela. Just one week after graduation, he and his family were on a plane to Toronto. Even though his parents had been doctors in Venezuela, they were not allowed to practice in Canada.
2: And at the time, I was the only one in the family that had a decent level of English. So my parents, they needed to study their English. My sister was just uh, focused on their university. She, She enrolled in university. And my younger sister was in high school. So it was up to me, it was depending on me, yeah, that, uh, to, to start making some money for leaving, no.
1: Sergio said that despite all the negative things he noticed in his country, he didn't want to leave it behind.
2: Uh, Venezuela, uh, for all Venezuelan people, is, uh, is consider, it was considered at the time to be the most beautiful country. So if you ask any Venezuelan, they will tell you, oh, Venezuela is the best country in the world, the most beautiful.
1: And this is why Guillermo and his family decided to move back to Venezuela in 2006. But when he got there, he started noticing some red flags. He said that the government was becoming increasingly authoritarian. The following year, President Chavez shut down the country's most famous opposition news outlet. Y
0: then that's when they closed Radio Caracas Televisión. I took part in the protest, and I almost got killed there. So uh, after that, we decided that it wasn't a safe place for us and for the kids. I, I almost died in that protest. I got shot at. I got smoked with nerve gas.
1: On his way back to Canada, the Venezuelan army pulled him off the plane. They questioned him for owning a book that openly opposed communist ideals.
0: They opened my bags, and the army, the national guard said, "What is this?" So, well, you can read, can't you? You know, it is what it is. It was scary because once you're there, I mean, I don't, I didn't know if they were gonna let me back on the. My two kids, my wife were on the plane, and I, no, I didn't know what they wanted from me.
1: More than four million Venezuelans have left their country since 2015. Venezuela was among the top 10 countries for new asylum claims in Canada from January to June of this year.
0: Uh, nothing is like I imagine it would have been uh, in terms of having my own family without their grandparents and all that. Uh, I wanted them to play in the same beaches that I played. I wanted them to visit the same places that I uh, knew. And that's not possible. And uh, so I hope that one day some of that can be possible. I name my daughter Rodaima. Rodaima is one of the mountains in the Amazon that we spoke about earlier. So one day I would like to take the whole family to a safe, prosperous Venezuela where we can do a beautiful trek into the Amazon jungle with my family and climb the top of uh, Mount Rodaima.
1: For the Ryerson Documentary Unit, I'm Melissa Salamo.